could Mike Gundy's time as the head coach of the Cowboys be coming to an end? I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And we are just a few days removed from what I would call the worst loss in the Gundy era as the Cowboys fall 33-7 to to South Alabama and just did not look good in any phase of the game, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. There's still a lot of questions for this team regarding the quarterback situation as all three got playing time, although Rangel got substantially less than the other two, and Gunner Gunny got the most playing time based upon uh, number of drives. But it didn't matter if Gundy would have stuck with one of those quarterbacks, one of those three, or if he'd have played all three, because I think Oklahoma State was losing that game no matter. The simple fact of it is, none of the three quarterbacks are good enough to lead this Oklahoma State team to success. And I don't blame Mike Gundy for not having chosen a starter by this point. A lot of people are like, just pick someone, whether it's Gunner or Bowman. Most people aren't clamoring for Wrangle, but out of the other two, just pick someone. But I get why he hasn't, and you could see that in that game against South Alabama. Because no one is good. None of the three quarterbacks in that room are good. And that's why he's having such a hard time deciding who he wants to go with is because there's there's not a good option. And so he just keeps throwing them out there. Hopefully one will show enough to signify themselves as being the starter. And what I, I honestly would have rather seen was instead of this, okay, Bowman gets four drives, Gundy gets four drives, Rangel gets four drives, maybe let Bowman have gotten week one against Central Arkansas, and Gunner Gundy gotten week two against Arizona State, and then South Alabama Garrett Rangel could play. Because at least they're given a whole game, and you can see how they respond to certain moments at the game. But no, it's four drives, new quarterback, four drives, new quarterback, four drives, into game. And that simply isn't working. Quarterbacks aren't allowed to develop a rhythm. They're not able to develop a rhythm. They can't figure out any sort of pattern uh, to to the, the game. And scripting that looks horrible. It, it has to be so hard on Casey Dunn, who's not a good offensive coordinator to begin with. Dunn trying to figure out what plays he's going to call for specific quarterbacks as opposed to just being able to come up with one game script, it's got to be difficult on him. And now while I don't blame Gundy for not being able to choose one of these three quarterbacks, what I do blame him for is having these as the options. He could have done so much better, whether it be recruiting or the transfer portal, or just keeping Spencer Sanders. Just try to figure out a way to keep the guy that led you to a bowl win over Notre Dame in a season where you only lost two games two years ago. Just just kept him. And I'm honestly sure Spencer Sander probably wishes he wouldn't have gone anywhere at this point because he isn't seeing any time at Ole Miss because Jackson Dart is clearly the starting quarterback there. So you've put yourself in this predicament if you're Mike Gundy because you didn't do a good job recruiting in new quarterbacks and you didn't try to do a better job of getting someone to transfer in. Is that a Mike Gundy thing? Is that a people don't like Mike Gundy thing? Is that a Casey Dunn thing? Is it an offensive thing? Uh, y- there was a lot of questions about how good of a player coach Gundy was 
with the max exodus we saw this last season. But some guys have stuck around. Brendan Presley obviously been there for a number of, of years now. And, you know, other guys, uh, you know, stuck around as well. But there was the issue with Chuba and the, and the T-shirt and... Has that hurt Mike Gundy? And I don't know if that's the case or not, or if the new wave of college football has moved past Mike Gundy and he simply doesn't know how to play catch-up. Because what I'm seeing from these quarterbacks is that Mike Gundy didn't do a good job finding a good quarterback. And maybe that's different with Zane Flowers, who Gundy says still isn't ready. He's a great prospect, but isn't ready. So we're at least a year, if not more, from seeing Zane Flowers. I doubt we see him at any point this season. So we're stuck. Cowboys fans are stuck with one of, if not all three, Gunner, Bowman, and Rangel. And and fans have to ask themselves, how long is this going to go on? How long are we going to see multiple quarterbacks take drives, take snaps in a game for Oklahoma State. It's at least one more week, which is about two weeks longer than I thought we'd see it. To be honest, about three weeks longer than I thought we'd see it. I thought there'd be a way to make a decision after week one against Central Arkansas, and then it just just keeps going and going and going, and he said he'll do it well into Big 12 play. So you've got this week against Iowa State. Luckily, it's an Iowa State team that hasn't looked good either. Then you have a bye week, and then it's KU and K-State, or K-State and KU. I don't remember the order there. You're still doing this multiple quarterback thing. By the time you play KU and K-State, sorry, season's over. It's over at that point because it's not worked, it's not working, and it won't work against Iowa State. So if you lose to Iowa State, you're now 2-2. Two and two. You got K-State. You got KU. You're still not sure who your quarterback is. And guess what? The season's over. You're, you're, you're be lucky if you get to 500. You'll be lucky if you make a bowl game. Because if you can't figure it out in the first four weeks, plus the bye week, who the quarterback is, the team is headed down a dark path. And if that's the case, if Mike Gundy does not isn't bowl eligible, doesn't win six games, it's below 500, is it time to go, okay, the new wave of college football with NIL deals and the way recruiting is and the transfer portal, has it moved by Gundy? Is it time to look in a different direction? Which should be frightening for Oklahoma State fans because if you're not careful, you get into this weird limbo situation where you either have to take chances on young guys that probably won't stay because they're going to want a bigger and better job at one of the Big Ten SEC schools or one of the bigger uh, name schools out there, or you're going to get these guys that – fall short of expectations and you're stuck as a middling team in the Big 12 for years to come. So the idea of replacing Gundy is frightening because of what it could lead to. I mean, before Gundy got there, you had less Miles. Miles went on to LSU and and before that you had some unsuccessful coaches and so well, you don't want to become a stepping stone university. You want to still be strong. You want to still be good. And you've got the chance to be the best of your conference if you could just figure it out. And when you're sitting there with conference volatility and you can't figure out who your quarterback is and the season looks like it's unraveling because of the worst loss in program history, maybe not program history, I'm young, I, I don't go that far back, but the worst loss in Gundy program history coming off a 33-7 loss against South Alabama, and now you get to go to Ames, a place where you've struggled, 
and face Iowa State, who also coming off a bad loss, 10-7 loss, a game that uh, that they, they could have won. Uh, they had a field goal go over the upright. They said no good. Uh, of course, Iowa State fans upset about that. I say that's karma because if you flash back to 2011, Oklahoma State, Quinn Sharp's field goal over the upright, no good, and it eventually cost Oklahoma State the game. Karma. Uh, so looking at how these two teams match up, uh, this game... Coming into it, Oklahoma State is two and one. Iowa State is one and two. Neither team is ranked, rightfully so. Oklahoma State leads the series all 34, 20, and three. Oklahoma State won last year, twenty to fourteen. Iowa State is favored by three and a half because of what Oklahoma State looked like last week. Uh, the last three matchup between these two teams decided by a total of twelve points. So six points last year and a combined six the two games before that. Uh, Iowa State has also struggled offensively. Uh, that, that's been a big part of, of their struggles early in this season. And uh, I, I think opposite of Oklahoma State, you can blame it on everyone but the quarterback. Rocco Beck uh, is not the problem, in my opinion, for Iowa State. It is the rest of the Iowa State offense where Oklahoma State's case is the rest of the offense is is okay. Is Some would say the situation is disgusting. Um, defensively for Iowa State, it's Jeremiah Cooper, uh, defensive back, who I assume I haven't heard anything on Deshaun Stribling, who got hurt in the game against South Alabama. But if he's out, he's going to be matched up on Brennan Presley, uh, and and that should give some matchup issues for Oklahoma State when they have a quarterback who you know can't figure things out. Uh, Oklahoma State side of the things, uh, of course, it's going to come down to to the quarterback play. And looking at these three quarterbacks so far, no one has really separated themselves out as being by far and away the guy that you should go with. Now, I will say a quarterback should be named, and I would get, tell you who my pick is. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Alan Bowman, honestly, has been the worst of the three when you look at completion percentage and quarterback rating. Uh, he's 30 of 52. He's got more pass attempts than the other two do by a substantial margin. 52 for Bowman, 34 for Gundy. 57.69% completion percentage. He has an interception, does not have a touchdown. 138 quarterback rating. He's 21 of 34 for a 61.76% completion percentage. 202 yards on the ground compared to Bowman's 235. He has a touchdown. He's the only one of the two not to throw an interception. Garrett Rangel. He has 17 for 29. He has a pick, but he has, he has two touchdowns and 172 yards. So Rangel has the least amount of yards, the most amount of touchdowns. Bowman has no touchdowns. Gunner has no interceptions, which is good. And so if I had to pick a quarterback out of these three, my pick is Gunner Gundy because Gunner does something that the others two don't, and that's 14 carries for 72 yards. So Gunner is at least a threat to run, and he brings an extra element for the offense by that run game because when plays break down, he can extend the play, he can pick up yards when the other quarterbacks either have to throw the ball away or they take a sack. So he adds an element. And honestly, I guess you could say he's looked the best. It's 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 really close, but I would say that Gunners looked the best uh, in, in the small sample size of what we've seen amongst the three. If I had to rank them, it would be Gunner Gundy, Allen Bowman, Garrett Rangel, just from what I've seen. And I think... Mike Gundy would probably agree with that's kind of how it sorts out. So we'll see how they play against Iowa State and, and what and what that breakdown is. Now, again, I will reiterate that the run game needs to be more of the focus 
Ollie Gordon right now, 19 carries, 109 yards, averaging five and a half, five over five and a half, 5.7 a carry. He has two touchdowns. Elijah Collins, 25 carries, 106 yards. And then Jaden Nixon, 18 carries, 98 yards. So all three right there in that same range, 11 yards separating the three of them uh, total. Uh, touchdowns have been there for all of them as well. Run the ball more. Start by running the ball. I, I think the Bowman Bowman started with nothing but passing against South Alabama. Start by running the ball. Let the run game be the focus of the offense. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Let the run game be the focus. And then what? let whatever quarterback you decide to go with feed off the run game. Open up the pass game by focusing on the run game. You have three backs that you can use that are much more talented than the three quarterbacks that you have at your disposal, and yet you're trying to force the passing game, trying to figure out which one of those three is going to be the guy. On the defensive side of things, for through the first two weeks, I liked what I saw from Brian Nardo because I thought he made good adjustments as the game went on as the, to let the defense end up controlling the game and letting Oklahoma State come back and get a victory or hold on to the lead that they had. Actually, fairly good, like South Alabama's soon enough to keep Oklahoma State in the game. And we saw that against South Alabama because that game got out of control early and Oklahoma State just defensively didn't matter what adjustments they made. It was too late because of how bad the offense was. So Nardo's done a good job making the adjustments, just the defense needs to start strong. They have to start strong. Iowa State is another good example of the, their offense isn't that good, so you can make those adjustments and, and keep the game, Oklahoma State, in it until they finish, figure out something uh, on the offensive side of things. But the defense looked bad against South Alabama, and I think part of that is because they don't start strong. Nardo does great adjustments, but you have to start a little stronger so that those adjustments can come before you put yourself in, in a bad spot. When you when you look at uh, Iowa State offensively, uh, I mentioned Rocco Beck, Beck 50 of 81. He's got four touchdowns, three interceptions, 549 yards for the air, 61% completion percentage, and then running the football it is Cartavius Norton. Norton, 41 carries for 139 yards. Uh, Norton, much higher than any of the other backs below him. It's not like Oklahoma State where it's all spread out. It is Cartavius Norton. Norton is the guy. The run game hasn't looked great for Iowa State. The passing game hasn't looked great either. This is two teams with bad offenses heading into this game. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, one of which Oklahoma State can bounce back in and pick up a victory. Do I think they're going to win? No, I don't. I think they lose a low-scoring game. I think it's maybe 10-7, maybe 20-14, to Somewhere along the lines of that, I, I don't have confidence in the offense. Iowa State's defense has not been bad. Their offense isn't good. Oklahoma State's defense has been worse than Iowa State's defense. And if Iowa State jumps out to a 14-0 lead or a 15-0 lead or even a 15-7 lead, 14-7 lead, whatever it is, then I think that their defense can control what Oklahoma State brings offensively and Oklahoma State's going to have a hard time getting back into the game. I do not think they win uh, in Ames, which brings up the question, this Oklahoma State team in their current state, how many games are they going to be able to win this season? And after Iowa State, it doesn't get easy. They do get to take on K-State 
and KU. They have to travel to West Virginia, who's better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. They have to face Cincinnati, who is a lot better than people thought they were going to be. Then they have OU at home, again, better than people thought they were going to be. UCF on the road, Houston, and BYU, another team better than people thought they were going to be. So realistically, if you don't beat Iowa State, the only other win on this schedule might be Houston, which is at Houston, and that's not until November. So this team figured out in these two weeks, first against Iowa State, then during the bye. Otherwise, this season is going to get very ugly very quickly because this schedule is not as easy as a lot of people thought heading into the season, and this Oklahoma State team is a lot worse than I thought and a lot of other people thought as well at this point in the season. I did not think we were going to be 2-1 and one with an horrendously ugly loss to South Alabama heading into Ames with no plan, no no identity at the quarterback position, struggling to run the ball offensively uh, because Casey Dunn is not a good offensive coordinator and the quarterback situation is absolutely putrid. So they've got to figure it out. Otherwise, this season is going to get very ugly very quickly and Mike Gundy could very well be on the way out. I have saw a lot of people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, very unhappy with what's gone on so far through the first three weeks, calling for his job, and they won't be happy if they see him gone. And again, I mentioned that's a terrifying situation because of what could happen if he is fired. But I have to say for once, I kind of agree with the Fire Gundy crowd because what he's done and what the program where the program is out currently is largely his fault. So you got to beat Iowa State. If you can do that, the season is fixable. But someone has to emerge at the quarterback position. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.